It's time for the quarterback with Yummy Signs. My time at Fort Knox High School was finally coming to an end. I had just finished my sophomore year and I had found out that we were going to be moving off base housing out in town uh, to Ratcliffe, Kentucky. Now, this was not a very far move at all. It was only about a 10-minute drive outside of the front gate of the actual base. Uh, I had already gone out there to the house, looked at it one time with my parents. So I already had an idea of what it's actually going to look like and you know where my room was going to be and all that good stuff. Now, I want you to picture this. An older brick house had a small patio in the front. Uh, there were three square windows in the front. The two on the right-hand side were actually from the tube bedrooms and the one on the left was for the living room. Leading up to the house was a long driveway that led to a single car garage. At the end of the driveway there was a walkway right on the right hand side that led to some stairs that actually led up to the front door. And the front door was nothing you know nothing to be excited about. It was just a regular wooden door that led us into the house. Now as soon as you walked in you were in the living room. As you looked to the front there was a doorway that led you to a small dining room. There it had a large window that overlooked the backyard. Uh, to the left was the kitchen and a door right in front of you that actually led you out to the garage that would let you out towards the backyard. Now the backyard was nothing to get excited about. Went out there to the backyard. It was ungraded so there was a large drop that led down towards the bottom of a chain link fence that was down there. The house was surrounded by a whole bunch of sticker bushes uh, that were completely overgrown. I came to find out later that I guess the house had been empty for years and nobody actually lived there. We were the first one to actually live there because I guess the house had been in the market for a very long time so you know i guess my dad was able to get the house at a decent price or anything i really don't know because we never went there to actually pick the house or look at the house or have any say so in you know where we wanted to live back in through the garage right in front of you was another doorway that led down towards the basement this was a staircase that led you all the way down now these stairs were quite steep there was a small handle that kind of, you can kind of hang on to on the left hand side of the wall but it was very flimsy and you could almost fall down so going down the stairs you have to be very careful because if not, you took one wrong step, you were going to get down to the bottom very quickly and not any way that you actually wanted to get down there. Now down towards the bottom of the stairs, uh, it's pretty much open area. Unfinished basement, nothing down there at all. You know, you had the AC unit that was down there. The connections for the washer and dryer were down there. Uh, the ceiling of the basement wasn't finished or anything else. You could still see all the studs and everything else, all the wood uh, that was holding the upstairs up together. So it looked kind of freaky, you know, to a teenage boy that, you know, got used to watching, you know, horror films growing up and all that stuff. It looked kind of freaky and everything else because you wonder what the heck happened in this house before we actually moved in here and why was this house empty for so long and now that we're actually living here you know you kind of wonder what's going on you know why nobody had bought this house or anything like that uh, but coming to find out nothing going on so everything was quiet and everything was good going back upstairs that's where all the other three bedrooms were located up there uh, there was one bedroom down the hallway right to the right hand side all the way down towards the end of the hallway you found another bedroom to the left of that was the master bedroom uh, that master bedroom actually had a half bathroom in there and there was only one full bathroom that everybody had to share that was there in the house the big day finally came it was time for us to actually move off the house now since the last time that we talked you know finally i had already gotten my driver's license and i was driving around in a mazda b2200 mini truck it was silver and it actually had some little decals going down the side of it that were kind of like grayish and it led to like a little pinkish color hey don't judge me pink you know i was good and i knew where i was at 
that. So it was there. That's what I had back there in high school. Okay? Yeah, it was a five-speed transmission. So it was really nice for me to be able to actually get around on my own for once. And I was able to drive around everywhere that I wanted. Got in the truck, left the house there on base, and we headed out towards the house there out in town. Now, once I got there, I was greeted by my neighbor, a young blonde girl that wanted to welcome me to the neighborhood. At least that's what she said anyway. It just so happened that it was her birthday and she had a couple of her friends over there and they dared her to come and say hello. You know, being polite and everything else, I said hello and then, you know, hi, how you doing? My name is Miguel, blah, 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 all those things and everything else. Now, I thought it was kind of an interesting way to actually move into a new house. However, I didn't complain. I actually had some people to talk to when I moved out. I got settled in and finally got my stuff set up in my room. I chose the first room to the right. Before I knew it, summer was coming to an end. It was finally time to start back up to school. Now here I am going into a whole new school. Now being a military brat, there should be nothing that I'm not used to because we moved around so much, you know, the whole time growing up. I don't even know how many schools I've gone to, how many friends I've had, I lost because we were only there usually for about two, three years at a time. And then we moved to somewhere else. So it was kind of around the same time frame because I was there at Fort Knox High School for what, two years? And then now it was time to move again, but it was, it was a local move this time wasn't very far so i ended up being enrolled into north harden high school the home of the trojans you know just my luck i was gonna have a condom for a mascot running around i could just imagine and picture this now the football games on friday every day with a condom running around the field all down there being slimed with vaseline or something like that yeah i'm just kidding it wasn't that kind of a mascot it wasn't a condom it was a trojan you know the old school roman trojans you know i got a kick out of it when i first got there because a lot of the kids there at the school were like yeah 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 it's a condom it's a condom that's our mascot so you can believe in all the schools around our area too they said the same exact same thing thinking that our mascot was going to be an actual condom we were happy with our trojan and you know that was what i had to get used to being there now what i do remember is that this school was actually bigger than the fort knox high school there was two levels to the school so there were stairs going up up and down to different levels to the school i do remember that there were two sets of stairs at the end of the buildings and there was one in the middle of the building that allowed you to go up and down the stairs and everything else the only thing that i found kind of weird about this school was that there was absolutely no windows at all in the school now can you imagine this okay going to high school it looked like a prison they had a flagpole in the front no windows at all whatsoever so once you got inside you had no idea what time of day it was so that to me seems a little bit kind of weird okay because you know kind of like juvenile hall or something for kids i guess can you know, come to find out they didn't want the kids knowing what time of day it was or anything else it wasn't until a couple years later on down the road that in addition to the to the school was actually added and they finally did put some windows up there at that school and i did come to find out you know years years and years and years down the road they finally did add windows to the school and everything else so it looks it looks a little bit different you know it wasn't too long and everything else but we got kind of used to it uh that there was no windows or anything else now since coming back from uh from germany when i was down there with my dad and all that stuff and everything else i had started taking classes through the JROTC program. So I was already in my third year of the program because I started the actual JROTC program when I was in junior high when we were down there in uh, in Bamberg, Germany. So by the time I got to Fort Knox, you know, Fort Knox High School had a very big JROTC program. So I did the drill team there, the color guard, the fancy drill team, all those things and everything there. So by the time that I was leaving that uh, school, you know, I was already a pretty good high-ranking cadet. Kids would be kids, you know, got in trouble in one of the 
the drill meet trips that we did got busted down in rank so you know i was already a i think it was a second lieutenant or a captain that i got promoted to and then i got i actually got njp'd in high school you believe that jrotc i got njp'd and i got busted down to a sergeant first class so i guess i learned quickly you know that hey njp is not a problem chesty puller what do you say a good marine will have at least one njp under his belt so here i go starting to the new school and i was kind of bummed out because you know i was leaving the rotc program i didn't know what i was going to do at that new school and everything else uh but i when i went to enroll i actually found out that they were starting a jrtc program there at the school and my junior year was going to be the actual first year that they were going to do this program so it's going to be a brand new program just starting out at this school this program had never been there before so none of its teachers really or the students had any idea what it was going to be like but I was happy because I was already in the program and I was going to be able to continue through my time there and actually, you know, hopefully get promoted again and get my, my rank back that I had when I left Fort Knox. So I was happy to get those classes again and was getting ready to go do that again. Now, being that this was the actual first year of the program, nothing was really set up yet. Okay, so I was able to actually help to set up the program, uh, the curriculum, all those things and everything that we did. And I sat down one day and I was talking with my uh, JROTC instructor. He was one of the enlisted, one of the, he was actually a sergeant first class. Uh, that was there, you know, being the instructor there. And I, I talked to him and I said, hey, you know, are we going to be able to start a drill team and color guard here at the school? And he was surprised that I actually asked that question and kind of hesitated a bit. He's like, this is only our first year. There's no way we're going to be ready to be able to do any competitions or anything to even be competitive in anything that we try to do. You know, and I explained to him, hey, you know, this is a perfect time for us to start because nobody really knows anything. And so they don't have any kind of bad habits. They don't have anything like, you know, and there was a lot of kids that were actually interested in the JROTC program and the classes were full right away and then we had a uh, tryouts that we had individuals come in to for us to actually have a drill team a color guard and we had tons of people that actually showed up now for the next couple of weeks what we did was we actually worked on our own we were able to you know get some fundraisers all those things we practiced every single day sometimes we practiced till about seven o'clock at night uh, we had the weekend sometimes where we rehearsed we practiced we got everybody prepared to make sure that they were going to be able to actually, you know, compete in these competitions. Now, being that it's only a high school competition and everything, you know, not everybody really takes it seriously. But to us, that was all that we had. You know, we had the football team, all those things and everything else at the school. But we wanted to be able to do something for us to actually show that our school could actually compete in these programs with these other schools. Now, coming uh, from Fort Knox High School, that was a very well-known school. They were very competitive in everything that they did, all the drill meets, everything else, and and so, you know, they placed very high in everything that they went to go do. So it was going to be a hard thing to do. But my goal was to be able to go out there and actually beat them in everything that they were doing to show them that we were there and we were going to be a competitive school to be able to go out there and compete in all these competitions. Now, all the hard work that we did, it did finally pay off. Uh, we went to our very first competition. And I remember that it was out there in Louisville, Kentucky. I forget exactly which school it was in, but we went out there to one of the schools out there that was holding their, their actual drill me competition our color guard took first place our drill team took second place overall and we beat out fort knox high school in both of those competitions now we did not get the overall first place trophy or anything like that but we came in overall second place to me that was amazing my instructor was more than ecstatic about 
the progress that the students had made in everything that they did to work and get things done. So the only thing that did for us was that it wanted us to work even harder to make sure that we did even better in the next ones to come. It was during the practices after school and everything else where I met this young lady. Uh, she had hazel eyes. I never seen hazel eyes before or anything else. You know, I had no idea that this young girl was going to end up being the mother of my two daughters. So yes, you know, 95, my daughter was born. I was still in high school. I was a high school dad already, you know, a father in high school, you know, still a kid myself and everything else. And I was already trying to be a father. You know, as my senior year started getting closer and closer to being over, I started talking to the Marine Corps recruiter. I really don't know why I started talking to him. I know that before I was talking to the Army recruiter. And when I went out to the Army recruiter's office one day, I had to go past the Marine Corps recruiter, you know, walked by there and everything else. And I was kind of peeked over there and peeked over there and wondering, you know, they, they had people in there, but not as much as the Army was going over there. One day I stopped and I was like, hey, what's going on? Everything else. Let me find out some information, all these things and everything else. And the first thing the recruiter told me was, weren't you walked over there to the Army? That's only, yeah, but it, it's not really for me. It's not quite challenging enough. I He knew that he had me already, you know, so he knew that I wanted something that was challenging and I wanted to make sure that I did it on my own and the Marine Corps was going to provide that for me. And I can still remember uh, that I spoke with the recruiter multiple times when he came to the school and then I finally decided to enlist into the Marine Corps. I only gave him one exception. I told him that I had to go to the MEP station and swear in on my birthday. That was the only thing that I told him. I said, if you cannot make that happen, I am not going. I wanted it to be a birthday present to myself. And of course, you know, being a Marine Corps recruiter and knowing that he wanted me to be one of his numbers for his quota, he made it happen. I was there on my birthday at the MEP station. So on February 28th of 1995, you know, I can remember that day very, very clearly. Night prior, you know, they always take all the pulleys down there to the hotel where they stay before they go to the MEP station the next morning. So one of the recruiters took me down there to Louisville the night before and he checked me into the Howard Johnson's or we called it the Hojo's so that I would be ready to go to the MEP station first thing in the morning. And I wasn't the only one that was there. All the police and everything else from all the different services actually stayed there at that Hojo's. And then they had a bus that came the next morning and actually drove us down there to the MEP station to get us all ready to go. Now, everybody knows this process. Now, some of you may not have been in the service that are listening to me, but the process goes, you go there with a bunch of paperwork that you were given by the recruiter. You get in there, you sit down, you get checked in. All the paperwork is reviewed. And then you go down there and get your final physical from the doc. He makes you bend over, you cough. And then he said, okay, you're good to go. Do the famous duck walk and then it gives you his stamp of approval now everything was going well for me until it was that final moment of truth when the oic the officer in charge he asked that famous question are you sure there is nothing else that you need to tell me that you haven't told your recruiter man i cracked like a fluorescent light bulb hitting the floor i told him about a situation that happened to me when i went to a drill competition and you know being a teenager you're gonna drink and i told you guys last week that my my drink of choice was mad dog 2020 well yeah we're down there at a competition down there in St. Louis, Missouri. And what did I decide to do? I decided to take a bottle of Mad Dog 2020, drink that there, and then somebody ended up telling on us. And I took the rap for everything for everybody else that was drinking there. That was the reason that I got NJP'd at Fort Knox High School and got busted down a certain first class because of that. I ended up getting suspended from school, had to go seek therapies to a wizard, all those things and everything else to make sure that I was ready to go. Now, because I decided to open my mouth and crack the way that I did, I ended up having to go to see a a wizard there at the MEP station and ended up enlisting into the Marine Corps under a psych waiver. So yes, I was a psych waiver when I came and I enlisted into the service. So for those of you that actually know me, you, you can kind of figure out why I am the way that I am. Now, after everything was said and done, 
I passed my psych physical with the psychiatrist, got my waiver, got signed off on. I was able to swear in all those good things. And then I got dropped off at the house by one of my recruiters. As soon as I walked in through the door, my mom was there waiting for me. And she said, where the heck have you been? I showed her my paperwork saying that I where I was. And she said, did you sign it? And I said, yes, I already signed it. I am enlisted into the Marine Corps. Now, my dad at the time, he was out there stationed in Korea. So he wasn't there with us. He was on a one year unaccompanied tour down in Korea. So you better believe it that when my mom talked to him, he was upset. He talked to me over the phone, upset, yelling and screaming, saying, why, why am I doing this? Why that? That I had to finish high school first, this and that and everything else. Hey, I tried to explain to him that I cannot enlist in the service unless I graduate high school. I need a high school diploma in order for me to enlist in the service. Till this day, I think the real reason that he was probably upset is the fact that I didn't want to enlist in the army. Why would I? I told him that I wanted a challenge and I wanted to enlist in the Marine Corps because it was actually going to be challenging and they were going to give it to me. If I wanted to be mediocre and be like everybody else and just be like a Boy Scout, then I would have joined the army. But that's nothing that I want to do. I don't think he ever got over that because after that, it took a couple of years before he actually really talked to me about that stuff and everything else about me actually being in the Marine Corps. But until this day, I still know that I made the right choice. If it wasn't for me enlisting in the Marine Corps, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today uh, with everything that I've accomplished so far and everything else. Shortly after that, um, he came home, you know, so one thing led to another stuff and everything else. He was still upset about me enlisting in the service, all that stuff. He even tried to go down to the recruiting station and talk to the Marine Corps recruiter to pull me out of that contract saying that I wasn't going to go into service, but I was already 18 years old. I made the choice and that was something that I had to deal with and I wanted to go. So that's what ended up happening. They had no say so in that. Soon after that, uh, my dad received orders to go down to El Paso, Texas. Uh, so they grabbed all their stuff. They moved. I ended up getting an apartment for myself, uh, my girlfriend at the time and my daughter. So we had a little apartment down there uh, and we stayed there until my graduation. Now I was getting, I was graduating from high school and everything else. So pretty much my, uh, my adopted family that I talked to you guys about uh, a couple weeks ago, or I think it was last week that we talked about them. Uh, they actually went to my graduation. Now I cannot believe it even to this day that nobody in my family actually went to my high school graduation. That was a bummer for me. I think I probably sent out about 50 invitations out there to family members, letting them know exactly when my graduation was and you know, that I wanted them to come. You hear stories of families coming to kids' graduations, somebody buying them a high school ring, uh, somebody paying for their letterman jacket, another one paying for this and that, the prom, all those things. I remember, you know, I had my own job. I did school, work, school. I was paying for my own stuff, my, you know, truck registration, my high school ring. I ended up buying myself. I never bought a letterman jacket because I never really wanted to get one. I kind of regret it now. I wish I would have bought one back then. I did get my letterman letters, you know, for ROTC and all those things and everything else that we did. Uh, Yearbook, you know, paid for it myself. I do regret not going to my own prom. That's one thing that I do regret. You know, I look back like, man, I should have gone to my prom. But that's one thing that I never did. Uh, You know, having a little kid, couple month old daughter then really didn't have anybody to actually leave the baby with. So couldn't go to my prom. So that was basically it. So yeah, my adopted parents, you know, I talked to you guys about them last week. They went to my graduation. They actually went there. Uh, They had a little get together for me after graduation. I was staying with them for about a week after I graduated. Uh, once I turned in the apartment and getting ready to move and I actually drove down to El Paso where my parents were at uh, because I wanted to make sure that uh, the, the girlfriend and my daughter had somewhere to stay while I was getting ready to go to boot camp. 
that was going to be the next step for me to actually go down there to boot camp and, you know, take this opportunity that was actually given to me to try and earn the title of a United States Marine. You know, that was something that was very important to me because I wanted to prove to myself that I had what it takes to actually become a Marine and be part of the few, the proud, the Marines. No, I'm not giving you guys a commercial. I just thought about that right now and it came to mind. Now, so a lot of things happened before I actually went into the service. I moved down there to El Paso to go ahead and, you know, get ready to go. Uh, so we drove that little Mazda B2200 truck all the way down from Kentucky. It was loaded with all our junk in the back of the little truck. So it was me, the girlfriend, and my daughter sitting there in the middle of the truck, driving all the way down pretty much cross country all the way from down there in Kentucky, all the way to El Paso, Texas. Got kind of settled in. I uh, was working on the progress of getting everything done, completed to get myself ready to go. Now, I found myself in a predicament when I first got there. Now, I found myself in Texas, down there in El Paso. So I was, you know, now on this side of the Mississippi that I could actually go to boot camp down here on the West Coast and MCRD in San Diego. Now, I enlisted in Kentucky down there for a reason. I wanted to make sure that I found myself at Paris Island, South Carolina, because that is what I saw when I watched the movie Full Metal Jacket. Yes, my recruiter showed me the movie. I watched it. I got super moto and I wanted to go to Paris Island because I wanted to go there where Marines were actually trained there in the swampy area where nobody could escape. That's where I wanted to do. So that's what I still decided to do. So eventually, you know, I got all that stuff. I got settled into everything. My girlfriend at the time stayed there with my parents, with my daughter there in El Paso. And I was getting ready to actually leave El Paso and head down towards Kentucky to get ready to ship out. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and stop right there for you guys. And we're going to pick up next week in the transformation process of when I actually started making the journey down there to Paris Island, South Carolina, and the way that I actually got there. Because as you guys know, you know, back in the day, nobody really flew anywhere. So we're going to talk about Mr. Greyhound when we start talking next week. So until then, I'll see you guys next week. And this is Gunny telling you Liberty Call. If you see us coming, then you better step aside. If you see us coming, then you better step aside.